0: Hello and welcome to uh, DJ Force 10 in Conversation podcast, episode 124. My special guest on this episode is Phil. Uh, He's from the band Chemist. Uh, they've just released an EP. It's like a half studio, half live EP uh, called Doomed Heavy Metal. And it's very good. It's on Nuclear Blast. Um, You can also pick it up here in England on Nuclear Blast across the digital formats. Uh, But if you want the physical format, which is I'm going to order, um, Iron Bonehead distribution. um, They have the vinyl. It's about 18 euro, um, which I'm about to order myself any moment now. I just thought I'd record this while I was doing it just to sort of like, you know, (laughs) show how much i do like this band um but yeah this is kind of like the first time uh, i found out about this band and stuff um they've been around for a while don't get me wrong uh there are some bands that kind of passed me by and this was one of them and and i really enjoyed their sound they were due to play desert fest in the uk in camden um but unfortunately with everything going on it's been cancelled um but hopefully once it sort of like everything gets back to normal um at some point whenever they can get their stuff over here um i'll be going to see them because i really really enjoyed their sound um the production on the ep is really good as well especially on the live tracks really surprised me uh but go check it out it's called doomed heavy metal um it's got a fantastic cover of ronnie james Dio, which we do talk about in the uh in the interview itself so i won't spoil it but this one's quite a nice chunky interview um i had a great time chatting with phil it was great he's all the way over uh in the states as well so it was kind of nice to sort of catch up with uh, someone over there and see how they're doing um but yeah no we we kind of cover a lot of stuff in this one so i hope you guys enjoy it in the meanwhile um i'm just wanting to thank you guys again i know i do this every episode but i really am appreciating everyone who's downloading it um everyone who's streaming it everyone who's listening leaving comments uh reposting links and stuff like that for me um not just the bands but their fans as well which is absolutely brilliant i love it um if you get a chance please leave a um a rating on whatever format you get your podcast from um that would be great as well just to sort of help um elevate these bands up a little bit get some more listeners to them and stuff like that um which is all cool uh we got loads coming up again this week i think i mentioned most of them yesterday um but i'm always booking interviews and stuff i've got a couple more booked for this week um and then going into next week as well so we're keeping busy keeping busy between that work and like looking after my family and everything it's all good um i actually feel good this morning um sort of like past few days and stuff i felt a bit weird or past few weeks i should say i felt a bit weird but this morning i've kind of like i think i've just sort of past the sort of like threshold of 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 stuff and uh yeah now just sort of cracking on really and uh yeah uh without further ado i'm going to hand you over to myself and phil for the interview um i hope you guys enjoy it be well I'd like to welcome Phil to the show this week. He is from the bank, Chemist. Welcome, Phil.
1: Hey, how are you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you doing today, man?
1: Great. Like, pretty early morning over here, but I have to work early anyway, so I'm just kind of taking a little break from that.
0: Cool. And, uh, yeah.
1: Excellent. Excited. We just got, like, a foot of snow last night somehow. Oh, really? Even, <laughs> yeah, it was, like, 60 degrees and sunny yesterday, and woke up this morning. Wasn't expecting that at all, and just... <laughs> winter wonderland now
0: <laughs> magnificent Are you, you're over in colorado yeah 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 yep. okay so it so, yeah denver area yeah no gets a little chilly over that way doesn't it but yeah especially when you're not expecting it that's uh that's fun so you and you've got to go to work after this or have you uh
1: i'm just working from home oh, okay all this whole you know show's going on so yeah. uh yeah it's not a problem
0: okay good good i'll just make sure because i'd like to say a well the whole shit show that is going on um um, that we are sort of stuck in a lockdown i was just curious about what what you sort of were doing around that sort of thing as well um
1: yeah i mean life is kind of going on as normal aside from you know band related stuff yeah like i'm i'm still i work for the federal government so i'm still okay i'm still working and uh i have a lot of stability around that but some of my bandmates don't uh and we had to postpone our European tour that would be happening, like, next week. Yes. Um, because of this and also a couple of shows in the States. So, uh, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't think anybody knows really exactly when things will get back to normal. So, No. Uh, yeah, we're kind of, you know, we're a little anxious about that because we have a lot of money tied up in flights and stuff like that. You can't, mm. just, you can't just get money back. From the airlines right now. Um, No. And uh, so we're trying to like sort of put that forward towards uh, future tours that we have planned. But, you know, who knows if those will happen. Yeah. Um, I don't really depend on the band quite as much for like a steady source of income. But uh, some of my bandmates do. So it's, you know, not like a super easy time for them. No. No, like I just I just bought a drum machine online that hopefully is showing up like early next week so that'll be kind of fun to to play with and you know i've never had something like that before it's like a goofy like big 80s one with like all these things all over it and shit it looks really fun nice and so that'll be kind of fun to like you know sort of get the band experience a little bit have something to play along to
0: yeah yeah
1: um definitely missing getting together with the other guys in chemists and you know we were full stream ahead on working on a new full length album and uh so it's kind of weird to have it just like derailed right in the middle of the process yeah um so i've just got like tons of ideas bunching up uh without like a good outlet for it because we tend to do a lot of writing together in terms of arranging tracks and stuff mm. and um so feel kind of aimless without like having somebody to bounce yeah uh, ideas off of, you know?
0: It is a weird time. Like, um, I've done a few of these, and a few bands have sort of have managed to rig up online, not so much practicing, but at least, like, jamming sessions and stuff like that to, yeah. so they can bounce ideas off each other. But obviously, if you're getting that, that drum machine come through, that's going to be a lot of fun to sort of, like, get hold of and play with, so...
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not going to sound... It's going to sound like a fucking Whitney Houston song. Like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, because that's like just how it sounds but i think it'll be still pretty fun to play along with and come up with like different rhythmic ideas and then see i've never written you know something to uh i guess sometimes we've kind of written riffs to certain drum ideas that zach our drummer will have but uh to come up with like my own sort of drum patterns and then write a riff along to it it's not really a way i've approached things before so i'm kind of looking forward to a little change in the creative process
0: well i look forward to your uh, follow-up disco album so <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> um well let's, let's have a chat about your actual album that is out uh well as we're recording this it is out tomorrow um yeah. it's called doomed heavy metal it is a is a live album um
1: yeah it's half live yeah. and half studio tracks so um it's it, it, it sort of there used to be like a bunch of bands that would do shit like this where they would release something that was kind of weird mm. uh, and it was sort of you know just like fan service you know I'm thinking of like the best example of this is Fandango by yep. ZZ Top yep. um, they released this album Fandango that's half live tracks and half studio tracks to sort of like tie people over between albums and it's like one of my favorite ZZ Top records Yeah. So, um, and that's true of everyone in the band so we were kind of looking to do something similar with this
0: yeah i was gonna say it's it's a format that um that i hadn't seen for a long time as well and, and now that you mentioned fandango yeah. i totally forgot about that album yeah <laughs> um but that was a fantastic that's a fantastic go back one. and listen to it yeah no i will i will i'm gonna i i will do after this actually um, <laughs> but no yeah. i was just um no it's it's a format that that I like, like you said that it hasn't been done for a while i've not seen it in this sort of like fashion where i was about to say that half the tracks on your album were studio as well as live but um yeah so was was that the sort of like general feel behind it was that was that the sort of like um the sort of love for that sort of like format from say the fandango um album was that something that really did influence you in releasing this
1: yeah totally i mean i think uh we started off like uh just wanting to record uh, a couple of live shows that we did and did. uh at the end of 2018 mm. we um we played back to back nights like as a sort of New Year's thing um, in Denver like yeah at the end of 2018 and we had our producer come out and he you know mic'd up everything and got stems of each of the parts um, you know each of the instruments and stuff uh, during that live show yeah and between the two nights we played basically every song that we have in our catalog um, across all three studio albums and so we had a lot of material to choose from and we decided that this would be a cool way to use some of that was to put out something that reminded us of that Fandango release Um, and it also gave us an excuse to share a couple tracks that people have asked us to put out in like a sort of more real tangible fashion Mm. like you know we did this song for the Decibel magazine I don't know if you get that over in Europe but it's like the biggest US
0: uh, yeah. metal magazine yeah i'm aware uh, of we it, did like a... but, uh we do okay. yeah you get it on special order over here
1: <laughs> okay yeah we we did like a, a track for they have like a flexi series where they print a song onto like a little plastic disc yeah and you can play it on your record player so uh one of the tracks is from that which we hadn't had a chance to release even like digitally before um and then another track from a seven inch that we did that was a split um and then the the new track that we recorded which is the dio cover.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was going I was going to go onto that in a moment actually the dio cover but um I was I was just going to reflect on a couple of the tracks on the the production value in the live tracks is is really good. I just want to nice. say that. So the producer and you guys obviously you played really well and the producers have done an absolute bang up job um because there's always a a gamble with with live stuff I feel um because yeah. I've heard some like even some really big bands like have terrible live albums yeah
1: for sure like it's 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 i think metal is not necessarily like one of the genres that translates the best live yeah you know like if it's if it's a rock album or like a a rock band that's doing a live album then i think if it's like a little loose and like not quite perfect it it like doesn't it's not distracting you Mm, know yeah um and i think that we skirt the line between being like rock and metal enough that like we could have a scrappier live recording and Mm. it would be okay. But, uh, I think generally his, I, our producer Dave Otero's vision for it was to get like as high fidelity of a recording as possible. Like, so we set up for like hours before the live shows and, you know, he had like DI boxes where he could get uh, a feed from like microphones and stuff before it went through the console. um, for all the instruments and all of our uh, effects boards before yeah. it goes into the amp so that he could uh, take those sounds and isolate them as much as possible. And then it gave him more freedom with how he mixed it when it got, when he got back to the studio with it. So yeah, it turned out like very close in quality to the studio stuff that's on the record, which yeah. it, I think is pretty impressive. It's a good Testament to his ability to sort of, um, you know manipulate sound in a way that makes it big and studio like even when it was a live yeah. uh, environment you know
0: yeah i mean that was that was the real thing with it i was like um because like i said you, you can kind of gamble on the live it kind of come especially in the metal thing it, I, i've had experience of it being quite flat um but yeah you guys like have managed to capture what you would capture a, a live show um so like if like if you are actually there you this is what you would hear um yeah rather than just sort That's of like the idea. A, a muted version but yeah no it was really cool um i really enjoyed the track um three gates actually uh it's one of my favorites on that on that track on that um uh, uh on the album itself um but i was gonna we'll go on to the the, the dio cover actually if you don't mind because that opens up yeah, yeah. the album um you did a cover of uh rainbow in the dark um which is a it's a it's quite a track to do uh from Ronnie James Dio. Um yeah. uh, what was the sort of um uh you know why, why that song?
1: I mean we all have a lot of a lot of love for for Dio and what he stood for in terms of like just being like unapologetically yourself uh in the metal sphere. Yeah. And being like the personification of like everything that's great about metal um, and that song in particular I think seemed, we, we really wanted to do something that was like an iconic metal track, yeah. we didn't want to shy away from the challenge of like if we were going to be doing a cover there wasn't any point in doing like some obscure track that people don't know of Yeah, for us, like we wanted to do like one of the biggest songs of all time and, um, so that's kind of why we like gear ourselves more towards trying to do one of like the big singles that he had. Um, and we had been thinking for a long time since like our very first tour about whether we thought we could pull off ever doing like a Dio cover. Um, originally we had thought about, this is probably like in 2014, mm. maybe doing shame on the night from, okay. you know, the same album, the last yeah. track on there. As this like big doomy ending and it just seemed more obvious but um you know when we started talking about doing this and we were kinking around like maybe doing a metallica song or uh something like that we came back to the idea of doing dio and um instrumentally it's a pretty simple song so it was relatively easy to put together yeah and um uh, you know, we wanted to do something different with it. We wanted to make it seem as much as possible like we could have written that song. Yeah. So, you know, we redid it with the guitar harmonies in place of the keyboards. Um, it slowed down just a little bit. Uh, it's in our tuning, obviously, so it's quite a bit lower. Yeah. Uh, and then we sort of reimagined the solo section of the song, too. Like, I came up with this kind of, like, proto-thrash riff. Yeah. Um, to play under it instead of just the, like, same main riff. And uh, I think the part that was always going to be the most difficult was to do the vocals and have it be any, like, have any justice for what Dio did. Yeah. But I think the idea for me was always, you know, it's not going to be the Dio song. I know I don't sound like him. (laughs) Um, I just have to, like give it everything I have and uh, really try and sell the lyrics as much as possible. And I've always sort of had this approach where, um, for me, I have to really believe in what I'm singing if I'm going to be singing it. And I came to realize that the lyrics for that song were very similar to something that I would come up with myself because... I often want to tell, like, a really personal story, but I don't want it to be, like, autobiographical yeah. in a way where you can really easily tell what it is I'm talking about. And it's hard to relate to something that, like, you can tell is just, like, that person's experience. Hmm. Um, and I found, like... I- I've always just kind of written off Dio's lyrics as being, like, pure fantasy, like, Dungeons and Dragons yeah. shit. <laughs> but, like, it couldn't be further from the truth when I was really diving into the lyrics not just for this song, but I became interested in a lot of his other ones too. And you could tell that he was like really expressing a lot of uh, feelings of regret and sadness about how his life hadn't worked out the way that he had meant yeah. with the other bands that he'd been in and um, that he was suffering with a lot of depression and that clearly there was some like childhood trauma uh, that he was dealing with too. And all these things are, painted in a really beautiful way with the lyrics for uh, rainbow in the dark it, where it becomes like a positive and sort of euphoric song yeah. um, about all these things. And so I could relate really strongly to the general like feelings of that. And so I did my best to sort of channel it into how we might deliver it in a chemist song, yep. even though I wanted to keep as many of like the vocal inflections and stuff that he does in the song that are so iconic uh, pretty similar to what they were other yeah. than like you know a couple things that i really wanted to you know sort of do my own version of but um yeah it was, it was a it was a fun challenge and i i think that we pulled it off at least in terms of doing what we wanted to do with the track which was you know make it a chemist song yeah but also pay tribute to the original
0: yeah no you certainly did that i mean you, you as i was saying you made it your own um on that front because um with Dio like like you sort of went into like there's a lot of like a lot of people think it's it's generally like the fantasy it's the big it's the kind of like the power uh metal side of things or the sort of like um uh what's the word um can't remember the word It'll come back to me soon, but (laughs) where where, it's very like
1: pompous and grandiose. Yeah, I think that's the word that that
0: was the word I was searching for. I couldn't find it in my vocabulary, but um, it was, um, but no, the way you've delved into it and and I've done the same with a lot of his stuff because I went back and I've listened to um, a lot of Dio stuff like when he was in Sabbath and and, um, a lot of his solo um, sort of stuff as well. uh, Just sort of around when people were starting to sort of like wanting to bring him back as a hologram and things like that. Yeah. And um, but no, it does. It's not just it's not just the fantasy side of things. It's not just painting this huge picture of, uh, you know, a battle or, you know, a a knight in, in shining armor or whatever coming to the rescue. There are there is a lot of like personal reflection in his music. Um, yeah. And I'm not sure many people may, may they may realize this or not, um, but it's great to actually hear you say it um, because it's something that I felt for a long time with his music and a few other musicians as well, where you sort of yeah. like, where you can dig below the sort of like, um, the costume, if you will, and yeah. actually totally. hear what he's trying to put across, but obviously within a, a sort of like way he's comfortable doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah, and that's fantastic. I, I I enjoyed the cover. Um, I didn't. I like when I first listened to you guys. I wasn't expecting a cover because I hadn't. Re- I don't tend not to read the yeah. the bio before I listen to a lot of things, just purely because I want it to hit me. You know, I was like, it I started off, and I was like, I for some reason I recognize this song. <laughs> yeah. So you certainly I, made it of, your own.
1: <laughs> the second that like the vocals kick in, you probably know exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, I it think was pretty yeah, much that it's like different enough that like you hopefully at first you just think oh okay this is a chemist song
0: yeah no definitely definitely and i like i said I, I enjoyed the rest of the songs on there like i said earlier on three gates was great um but uh you've got a conversation with death and uh, empty throne is another uh studio track on there um yep. and then the live ones you got bloodletting three gates and the bereaved um uh, which are all fantastic songs and like i said the production value on that live stuff is amazing so kudos to you on that um
1: thanks No, I think in some ways it's kind of cool because, uh, for instance, like the bereaved uh, was off our first album. We wanted to include one track from each album, uh, for the live stuff. And, um, the bereaved, you know, we recorded it a long time ago, uh, in 2014 and we had a really small budget for that release, even though we did it with the same producer we have been working with, but you know, like his assistant tracked everything. And, um, so it, it does sound like noticeably different. From our other studio albums, and so it's kind of cool to get to redo it with, you know, uh, I think a higher fidelity recording. Actually, even a, even if it is live, yeah. and um, you know, like I think I've like grown as a vocalist, and the guitar solos are going to be different too. Like Ben's guitar playing is way more uh, technical. Than it was on the first album, so like his solo at the end of that song is totally different. So I really like that we got to redo a song from our first record that you know we can demonstrate that we've sort of come a long way from. And I, I almost prefer this live version of that song.
0: Yeah, I was going to say the, it's a definite one. Um, evolution, if you will, uh, of the song because um, I went back and listened to a few of your other bits as well. Um, yeah, sort of where they came from. But no, I was going to say that, that 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 sort of track and and you can see the way that over time that track has matured as well um yeah. with with obviously that the, I'm obviously you're saying you prefer the new recording of it as well and you know recording aside that the actual track itself it has a lot more um depth to it than it than not yeah than it previously did
1: yeah i think i agree with you it it's also like probably the most significant single song in our catalog mm. just because it's kind of that it's the track that we had on our ep that we—it's the only track that we kept for the first full length. Um, so it's sort of the oldest like real song in the chemist catalog, yeah. and um, it's the track that Dave Otero, the guy that has produced all of our albums, like heard and became interested in us because of. Um, it's the track that sort of like sold us to Twenty Bucks Bin, who we worked with for our first three albums. Yeah, um, it's really like and it's meant a lot to me. It was sort of like the first time that I really wrote something that was like really coming from a place where I didn't want to share what it was that I was singing about with the world and that it like was sort of the moment where I, like I succumbed to the need to do that. Uh, And we've heard a lot of people, you know, mention like how much that song means to them. Uh, People like, You know, war veterans saying that it helps them sleep at night and things like that. Where um, I have a really strong personal attachment to the song for all those reasons, so uh, it's really cool to see it, like you said, sort of evolve over time and
0: um,
1: and to get to share a new version of that with where we are now uh, with people.
0: No, that's really good because, like they say, because it was obviously from your first release, and now from uh, you're still working with Twenty Bucks Spin as well. Is that?
1: We it? are for this for this release, yep. uh, the doomed heavy metal one. They're doing the physical side of it. Okay. Uh, it's sort of like we wanted this release to be kind of like the closing of like a trilogy yep. of records that we did with Twenty Bucks spin and sort of to like cleanse the palate before we move on to something new with Nuclear Blasts yep. entirely. And so we're kind of in a strange place with this one, where um, you know we wanted this really uh, distinct physical representation of it that it seemed like 20 bucks bin was going to be uh better at delivering on the time frame that we had to release it okay and um because they have better connection with like independent record stores in the united states and we were we were going to have this being released for record store day Ah, um okay but it got canceled so (laughs) um that kind of fell through obviously but um it you know so our intention was for this to be sort of like a independent record store uh not exclusive but like, that it was kind of geared around that kind of release. Yeah. And it seemed like it made sense to release it on an independent label then in the U.S. for the physical side of things. Okay. Uh, but Nuclear Blast has much better sort of uh, promotion and distribution and uh, digital uh, abilities. So, it, you know, we wanted to do that for the worldwide release as well yeah so it's kind of the best of both worlds for us no definitely
0: Um, definitely and um obviously you've come to my attention fully with this as well being through nuclear blast um yeah the only time i'd really seen you guys uh on any um sort of promotion that i get was was actually for desert fest um which i was going to be attending which was supposed to be in may i think it was yeah Um, yeah yeah and I think uh, we
1: were on May 2nd. Yes. Before it got canceled. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, um, and that, that's where it kind of like really kind of like uh, came to me on that front. And, and I, I've seen 20 bucks spin being named a few times with a few bands that I've talked to. And um, now it's nice to see that you obviously you're, you're closing that sort of chapter with uh, a kind of compilation of what they've released already, you know, with the live tracks and obviously these new three, um, but it yeah. does give you that heading into going. Cause it is a solid release and you know you're getting Thanks. that worldwide distribution through um through nuclear blast as well so right best of we both did kind of a that. We,
1: we did kind of a similar thing with the last full length album with desolation okay. uh nuclear blast handled both the physical and digital release for oh, okay. uh, for all, all of Europe and like Asia like the worldwide sort of thing and 20 bucks bin did the north american uh release for it so it was like um, a licensing agreement between the two, essentially. Yeah. And then after we released Desolation, it was like a good way to sort of feel out all parties. And we it seemed like we actually worked really well with Nuclear Blast, and we really enjoyed working with them. And so we decided to sign with them. You know, So we're, we're signed with them now yes. for the next full length. It'll be all Nuclear Blast. But um, this is sort of like outside of that contract because it's not a new full-length album, even though it is, like, 40 minutes or whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, so it's uh, just kind of, like, a different sort of release. We, we we wanted to make it clear that it wasn't, like, this isn't, like, our first album for Nuclear Blast. This okay. is, like, a different thing that is, you know, it's really fan service for us and something that we wanted to do. Yeah. Um, to help close out that chapter with twenty bucks, Ben, okay. and sort of give give thanks to fans that have been with us yeah. for you know the last five years.
0: Yeah, I don't know why I didn't notice that too because it was uh, yeah your last album was on Nuclear Blast. That's my totally my bad. That's totally no, bad. that's like, fine. Research on my part. <laughs> um, no worries. So I should I should have had that uh, probably sent to me at some point. And actually, no, twenty eighteen. Let's think. Uh, no, probably not actually because I didn't have much coming from them at that point yeah so i may have i may have just got onto the nuclear blast like mail outs shortly after that so yeah
1: yeah no worries dude i i think you know go back and check out the album if you want oh i have uh, i have i've but, got i okay. use
0: i use the like streaming services um yeah so yeah i check out all, all the music on there i go back it gives me that kind of like thing to go back and uh, really check out a lot of bands of like back catalogue and everything so um, yeah yeah obviously pending that it's on there so <laughs> right cool so um who did the artwork for your uh this this release because it's pretty it's pretty good i really like it um who Thanks. was the person behind the uh the artwork on that
1: well in so for our all of our full-length albums we've used the same artist this guy sam turner who's a denver-based uh guy and, and uh so we've gone for sort of like a frank frazetta-esque uh kind of art style for the primary releases. And that's something that we sort of want to continue moving forward. Um, like, we sort of see this as, like, if we're Iron Maiden and we're going to have Eddie on the front of every album yeah. and, like, a similar aesthetic, uh, that that should be, like, our thing. And we've been thinking that since the beginning because there's not a lot of bands doing it. But since this was, like, a release, like I said, that's sort of outside of our um, our kind of full-length progression, yeah. Uh we thought it would be cool to use a different artist to sort of set it off even more. And, um, so it's, the artist is Cameron Hingjosa. He's a Texas guy. He's friends with Zach, our drummer who, uh, is from, uh, from Denton, Texas. Okay. And, uh, so they're like childhood friends and basically, um, he had drawn this artwork for, us for the shows that we recorded that, uh, the live tracks are from yeah uh, that was like the show poster for those shows and we had those two sh- shows one night was called doomed and one night was called heavy metal okay and we played like our doomier tracks the first night and our more like rock and heavy metal tracks the second night yeah so it was like almost no overlap in the set lists except for this on both nights And um, so we'd wanted to create this artwork for it that had like a dualist, like a kind of dual representations on it that sort of reflected the two different nights. And um, it also made perfect sense then for this release because it's split into two parts, right? Yeah. Got the studio side and the live side. So again, the artwork fit this aesthetic of like it being two things at the same time. Um, where, you know, half the image is in color and the other half is black and white and grayscale. And, you know, you've got sort of like this vision of death on one side and you've got this vision of life uh, on the other side with this woman with, you know, like harvesting some grains. And um, it's also sort of a reflection of like the local landscape here because we have like some uh, mountains that are visible from Denver in the image. Um, so the whole thing was like really geared around those live shows, but, uh, also works as a really good representation of what the album is. So it made perfect sense to just keep the same title doomed heavy metal. It's also like kind of a statement, right? Like this is who we are. Yep. Uh, and then have the artwork that sort of matches that in a cool way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I really like the art piece too. I, I had like drawn him, uh, a really shitty version of it <laughs> and, <laughs> and sent it to him when we were working on it. And I was like, this is kind of what we were envisioning yeah. is you know, this kind of thing. And then he just like crushed it and made it, you know, obviously way better than I did. That's something that I've always liked being involved in is that I always work really closely with the artists that's doing our album art. Cool. And we'll, you know, pass back and forth sketches and yeah. stuff and settle on what it is we want to do. So, um, glad to continue that with you know this release too where it wasn't intended to be an album art cover but it certainly ended up working out well that way
0: no i really like it i've um it's kind of made me want to buy the the vinyl (laughs) because i like yeah good like when i have like that big scale artwork on on a record you know so
1: i think you'll you'll appreciate it if you do invest in the records all of our records like have really good artwork I think and yeah. um, they also like are cohesive as a unit so if you buy them and we unfortunately didn't like have the money to do gatefolds for them sorry <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so you can't like open it up but uh, the if you pay attention to the artwork and you sort of flip over the album and you see what the reverse side is and yeah. um, for all the albums there's like a story that's being told and the inserts on them have you know uh, different sort of Drawings and stuff that go along with the stories on the albums, and um, so we try and reward people that invest in the physical product with something that kind of going back to the idea of like how Fandango was a cool release, and it's not something people do anymore. Yeah, uh, we try and give people something that's not dissimilar from like looking through your father's record collection yep. when you were a kid and like staring at the images and figuring out what the stories were that were going on, you know, like in a Molly Hatchet album or whatever. Yeah uh and our hope with the physical releases is that you can do the same thing with our music that it sort of like it complements what you're hearing but it's not the same and that there's a separate appeal to to the uh, the album art yeah you know in its own way too
0: yeah no definitely definitely that's that's what i love about like because i i'm a i'm a vinyl head so um i have a lot of like old sort of like rock and metal albums and and it's exactly that it tells a story like seeing like the the artwork in that size i mean cds were great you had the little booklet which is you kind of get you know a same or a similar um sort of pattern for it but the vinyl side of things because it was so large it was like owning or is it's like owning a just like a a picture you know something you can hang up
1: yeah yeah Um, i always like looked at my dad's copy of yes songs that uh you know it's like a four disc like huge fold out Album with <laughs> this incredible Roger Dean art and yeah. just like staring at it for you know hours, yeah. Or like, uh, you know, some of the Allman Brothers ones too had like a similar art aesthetic, and there's like a Dr. John album that I had that like sort of the same thing. And, um, you know, aside from like the obvious like metal ones that are badass, like rock history includes these amazing art pieces that you could just yeah. like really lose yourself in, yeah. And, that's something that I think we've lost the appeal of as more people have focused on the digital side of yeah. releases and that we would like to see carry on, you know, uh, the tradition of as much as, you know, as much as we're yeah. capable of doing.
0: That. Yeah, no, I, 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 was, I as you mentioned, yes, I had um, Alan White on my show recently um, cool. and it was like an absolute pleasure to speak to him. But it was just like, um, yeah, it was just uh, like we were talking like um, off recording about artwork and stuff like that and how their um, albums have like extensive kind of pieces of art across them as yeah. well as the music being as big as it is as well. So, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, that's really cool.
0: Yeah. Not to name drop who I heard on the show. So um, <laughs> but as you mentioned, yes, it's not. <laughs> I, I don't get, into it. I don't get to talk about yes too much with people. So it's all good. Um Yeah. Yeah, but I had him I had uh, Jeff Downs as well, the keyboard player, um uh-huh. who's in yes as well now. So um but yeah, no, was, I've I've had a few sort of like proggy artists on on the show, which is quite cool. So Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, cool. So I've got a couple of questions left for you, Phil. Um, sure. that's all right. these are more sort of centred around yourself and your own uh, influences and whatnot. Um but they're yeah. sort of like these are my generic kind of like uh wrap up questions I always ask everyone. So um, <laughs> so what is your um, we'll go with the first one because uh, it's usually quite a big one um, if you could pinpoint them what are your three albums that have kind of shaped the uh, musician stroke person that you are today
1: um, I think kind of the big like first metal album that I got really into is maybe like Screaming for Vengeance um, the Judas Priest record yeah Cool. Um and then like Masters of Reality The nice. Black Sabbath album. Yeah. And um I also the last two are kind of like around the same time I would say, but I also got really into um uh Power Slave and
0: Okay,
1: yep um and Electric Wizard. Funeral, or uh, what's the fucking album called? The one that has Funeralopolis on it? Yeah. Dope Throne. That's it, yeah. I got into those two albums, like, right around the same time also. And even though they're totally different. Yeah. You know, I think, like, really, sort of the crux of the band, at least in terms of the metal influences, is, like, some combination of those four things anyways. So I think it's pretty direct how they've related to this. I, I. I sort of started playing music in high school with like a really shitty cover band that I formed with like a couple of women that were at my school. And, uh, we played like mostly like Judas Priest songs, like the popular Judas Priest songs and stuff. So like right away I was kind of getting familiar with playing guitar in that fashion. And then I've never been like a real good guitar player, But I recognized when I heard things like, you know, the slower Black Sabbath stuff and like that Electric Wizard album that uh, I could, I am capable of coming up with cool riffs uh, and that they can be pretty simple and have like a really sort of addictive and uh, heavy quality to them. And then, you know, combining that over time with an interest in like... Memorable melodies and and uh, some more up tempo, sort of driving, yeah, uh, more rock and stuff like you'd hear on both that Judas Priest record and the Iron Maiden record. Uh, you know that that's sort of somewhere in the intersection of all those things. Yeah, no, you can Tem- definitely
0: you can definitely hear those elements within your within your band, um which is really cool. Like if I was to sort of like pinpoint a few of the sort of like bands that i would if like if i just you know when i heard you i could say maybe you know this band this band this band and, and sabbath was one of them it's it's generally mm-hmm. a given um but yeah the priest and iron maiden side of things there is that element in your music as well which is really cool uh because they're two of my sort of like favorite um bands along with motorhead yeah um, fuck like from the <laughs> from the sort of british heavy metal side of things and um yeah, yeah no you could definitely well, hear that and
1: I'm also like a really big fan of uh you know like on the doomier side of things i really like paradise lost oh and nice yeah yeah
0: they're they're probably my favorite like doom band yeah no um, very very good band um
1: and yeah. then like all, we also all really like um a bunch of black and death metal but also like kind of proto black and death metal like yeah. uh we're all big like merciful fate king diamond fans nice. um so some of that works its way into our music, yep. too. Um, and then, you know, I, like, I, I really like, for instance, like, um, you know, some early, like, really like At the Gates and yep. uh, the early sort of, like, Doom Death stuff. The, like, you know, uh, Peaceville yes. stuff. Uh, and, like, Amorphous um, You know, I also like some of the like proto death metal, like some of the stuff that creator was doing yep. that kind of like pushed into that territory yep. and uh, bands like massacre. Um, So I don't, I, and we all have different influences, but yeah. for me, those are like the, the metal ones. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, the, and then we all have a huge love and background in uh, an appreciation for like southern rock um so that's was a huge influence for us too yeah um a- outside the metal spectrum yeah, uh, yeah. Pro- prog rock and southern rock and just like rock and roll generally are uh
0: big influences yeah definitely definitely there uh... yeah no i i'm I, i'm very much i'm getting sort of back into my sort of like prog side of things like um like i said having speaking to the, these people from these bands um it's really kind of like reopened uh, a love for that music. Whereas yeah. like I, I was going through sort of a mini stage of, of not putting them on because I knew what I'd have to be invested in them. Like when I put them on <laughs> and I was just kind of like just wanting background music for a lot of the time. Um, and a lot of that sort of music is very difficult to be background music because of its um a complexity and, 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 um, how it occupies my mind um sure so i can like i can listen to some jazz that's fine i can do that while i'm cooking or whatever that distracts the sort of scatty part of my brain but if i go for like the full-on prog rock if i'm playing um uh something like like just say from yes um a couple of their track track off relayer. in fact it it just it, it just totally goes off on one and it totally involves me um yeah. i like, can't do anything else while it's on
1: <laughs> I, I was trying to like i usually like will play some music or something while i'm working yeah. and i was trying to listen to lark's tongues in the aspic the uh king crimson oh, album
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
1: uh w- while i was working the other day and i was like it was so fucking hard <laughs> <laughs> even though that album is like pretty atmospheric for one of their records it was like i just like couldn't get anything done <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so i get a, it totally.
0: yeah um so uh finally uh phil um what are your hobbies away from music so when you're not um doing anything chemist wise or, or or um you know writing for that or anything else what what are your sort of like uh getaways from that
1: yeah, yeah. i mean i listen to a lot of music uh most of it not metal i listen to like okay. a lot of country western music from you know like classic country yeah. western stuff and Uh, rock and some indie rock. Like, I'm really liking the new Strokes record. Uh, um, You know, and a lot of jazz and stuff like that. But uh, I... So aside from, like, music stuff, I I do a lot of cooking. Um, I... During this thing, like, I've been trying to not go to the grocery store as much as possible, so it's been kind of creatively satisfying to, like make do with what we have. So I've been learning how to make a lot of cool vegan stuff nice. with things that we have around the house, um, but intended to sort of get into that a while ago. And I, uh, hadn't really made the time for it, but you know, so I've been making like Satan, uh, and lots of cool things with that. I've been making like nut cheeses and, um, uh, different kinds of like, you know, um, weird like substitutes for things that yeah. are normally not vegan. Yeah. Um, so that's been fun baking. Uh, we haven't, we're not like vegans. So, uh, we've w- also been making yogurt, uh, at home. And, and so just like a lot of stuff like that, yeah. uh, right now, um, uh, normally I do like a lot of biking, uh, like bicycling, not like m- motorcycles. Okay. Um, Uh, and, you know, I do like winter sports, like snowboarding and cross country skiing. And, um, I used to skateboard a lot, but I haven't been doing that recently. (laughs) I don't know. I, and, and I also like to sometimes like draw and, um, create art in that way too. Cool. So I've got a lot of different things that I like to spend time doing, but I used to make beer a lot too, but I haven't been doing that recently either. Okay. Um, but uh, like our drummer Zach is the head brewer at a brewery in Denver, so oh. you know I usually have no shortage of like getting to try cool beers without having <laughs> to make it myself. So excellent, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, Phil, thank you very much for your time, mate. I really appreciate it. Um, despite my early technical issues, I'm thankful that you're able to do this. So um, yeah, no problem. So, yeah, man. thank you for that, and uh, good luck with your album um thanks which is due out uh well as we're speaking now it's due out tomorrow but by the time this goes out it will be out so whoever's listening go listen to it um but yeah i i hope to try and pick that up on vinyl um i'm looking i'll obviously have to wait for the sort of like european um if there's like if 20 buck have got a european outlet um they
1: uh they distribute it through iron bonehead okay uh in in Europe, so if you go to their web store, they should have copies of it on there. I think. Oh,
0: cool. um, not actually.
1: just for you, for everybody that's listening. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. You can buy "Doomed Heavy Metal" by a Chemist on Iron Bonehead.
0: Excellent. I'm gonna definitely check that out because, I, like I said, I really like the artwork, and I'm a vinyl head. I've got my turntables right next to me, um, so you know they're always good to yeah. have like that sort of sort of style and music on it as well because it kind of really does fill the room. So.
1: Yeah, I'll cool. say the uh, album artwork w- looks way better on the actual release, too, than it does on all the digital files I've seen. I don't know what it is, like, something about that sort of matte-colored yeah. art style just translated, like, really well to yeah. the to the vinyl That in a way that doesn't really pop on a computer screen. So, yeah, it's worth checking out.
0: Cool. Well, Phil, thank you very much, mate. Um, I'll let you get on with the rest of your day. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, be well.
1: Thanks a lot, Barnaby. Thank you. Uh, you too. Thanks no for worries. having
0: me. No worries. Bye-bye.